Anyway, we're from Holy Spirit Roanoke, and we have a little downtown campus, and we're going to see what God does with this. We have some special guests I want to introduce. So, Brooks and Riva, c- come on up, man. Bring greetings. These guys win the award for f- coming the furthest distance to worship. And where they come from is pretty interesting, so I'm going to let them tell you. In fact, I got a call from the place they're from today. So, go ahead and tell them what you guys are doing, because it's pretty cool, and tell them where you're doing it. All right. Hey, church. Hey, guys. We are Brooks and Reva and Quinn and Marley, and baby John is at home with grandma. <laughs> Our last name is Kane, and we are your missionaries to Japan. So we just want to thank you guys so much for sending us to Japan and for praying for us and for supporting us. Amen. Japan's one of the largest unreached people groups in the world, the second largest actually. And so we're working with like less than 1% of the population who even know who Jesus is. And uh, we have the opportunity to share the gospel with young people in Nagoya and just want to thank you so much for, for sending us to them. We're so excited. I don't know if you guys know this, but like 96% of the money from churches in America go to countries that are saturated with the gospel. And they're countries that are poor and they have needs, but they already have the gospel. And yet what we find is the countries that don't, they're like 3% or 2% or less Christian, uh, maybe even 1% biblical Christians, they have no gospel. They don't have Bibles, they don't have churches. And so that's, as a church, that's where we're invested. So we're so grateful you guys allow us to partner with you. And we're sending out couples. Uh, we're sending couples to uh, Cambodia. Will and Becky are going to Cambodia, which is going to be really fun. We have a couple in Albania and so forth and so on. So let's pray for these guys. Father, thank you for Brooks, Reva, and the kids. Lord, thank you f- that they're willing to lay down their life to serve you. And Father, we pray that you will bless the work of their hand. Bless the work of their hand. And Father, I know they're tired. They just had a ridiculous flight and they came straight to a wedding. They just need to rest. So, Lord, we're not going to squeeze them for anything. We just want them to relax and have fun. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Stephen Foster, you come on up here. I know I'm burning time, but Tim's not here to yell at me, so come on up. (laughs) Shh, don't tell him. Don't tell him. So, you guys may know, how many weeks was it you were here? Uh, Yeah, so a bunch of you guys laid hands and prayed for Stephen. And uh, he had a little operation. Do you want to tell him about it? You, don't show him your scars. No, uh, tell him tell what they did to you, buddy. I, uh, with no symptoms, they, uh, but a family history of heart disease, they checked me out and I had a 90% uh, blockage uh, right going into the, the heart right here, left main. And um, So 53 years old, I had open heart surgery. And um, you guys prayed for me. A bunch of people were praying. And it could not have gone better. It was like, it, even, the, even the nursing staff, the doctors were like, this is a miracle how quickly you're up on your feet, you're recovering. So, uh, just glory to God. Dude, I mean, totally. No other explanation. So, All right, we're going to pray for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lord, we, you know we love Stephen. We love his family. And uh, when he went in, we were all like confident. We were like, hey, God, it's going to be great. But honestly, Lord, there was a little bit of concern. There was a worry. Anytime somebody has their heart opened up and vessels ripped out, new vessels put in, it's a big deal. So, Lord, thank you for saving Stephen's life. Thank you for helping uh, his whole family through this. This is not easy. Mm -hmm. And we give you praise, Lord. Uh, We thank you for the doctors, nurses, all the PAs, uh, occupational therapists, whoever helped them. But, God, you alone deserve the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, buddy. buddy. All right, all right.
Good job. All right, so we're going to start. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, go ahead and open up. We're in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Um, we're going to have a video clip, but I want to set it up. So here's the story. So in Mark 6, Jesus says to the 12, he says to the 12 uh, apostles, he basically says, I'm going to send you guys out two by two, two by two, and I'm going to give you authority over every unclean spirit. And so we see, we see the 12 apostles going out, and basically he says, let's see, verse 12, he says, they went out and they proclaimed that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed them with oil, uh, the many who were sick, and healed them. So that was, that was a call. Jesus, uh, he, he, he gave them authority over every unclean spirit. They went out, they preached the gospel, they called people to repentance, and then they like anointed people with oil and laid hands, and guess what? It worked. It worked. And so when you turn the page, if you go down to, let's see, Mark. I keep blaming small print. Maybe I'll get a hearing aid and new glasses at the same time. So it says in verse 30, it says, so these guys who had just been sent out, it says, the apostles returned back to Jesus, and they told him all they had done and taught. And, you know, when I first read that, I thought, well, that's kind of arrogant. It's like, hey, look at us. Look what we did. But actually, no. I just think about a kid coming to his mom or his dad, and they're so happy. They're so thrilled that the Lord himself worked through them. I mean, if, if, if God's ever used you, in spite of your weakness or your cleverness or whatever, but ever used you to speak life to someone, or you prayed, and maybe you weren't feeling anything, but you know what? God didn't worry about your feelings. And, and all of a sudden, the person was healed. We've seen that. It doesn't always happen, but we've seen it. And so these guys come running back to Jesus like, Jesus, you're not going to believe what happened. And so I want to give you just a visual. If we have it on the overhead... I want to give you just a sense of the joy they might have felt when they came back to Jesus. That's Mary Mack, and she is my granddaughter, and she's just cute as a button, but that's not why I put it up there. Did you see her? Like, she was, she was slow learning to walk. You know, some kids are like seven months, eight months, they're just up and go. Other kids, you got to kind of prod them to get them going. Mary Mack was just happy to scoot on her knees. I was worried because she's scooting on concrete, her knees. I mean, goodness gracious, I hope skin replaces itself. But anyway, she got her first step, and you could just tell she didn't quite know. It's like you're on a boat, and she's trying to get her sea legs. But once she took the first step, she fell down. And she'd take a couple steps, and she'd fall down. But eventually, after like three or four days, that was it. All of a sudden, she's walking, and she is so happy with herself. She is so excited that it's actually working. And I think that joy that you saw in Mary Mac is kind of what the apostles were experiencing when God worked through them. That's the joy he invites us to in kingdom ministry. So let's go to the feeding of the 5,000, and then we'll go to your questions. So after they came back to Jesus, let's see what happened. We go to verse, let's go to verse uh, 20, 31. It says, and uh, Jesus said to the apostles that were returning back to him, telling him all about it. He says, I want you to come away by yourselves to a desolate place, and I want you to rest a while. Basically what Jesus is going is like, time out. 
in the first service, I think maybe the second service at church today, I said, it's kind of like a gerbil. You ever, I don't really like gerbils. They kind of give me the creeps. Um, but I used to have a gerbil, and the thing would just run in this little, little cage thing all day long. And it would get nowhere, but it would keep running. And so finally, I think the Lord's just saying, look, you guys have been ministering, and it's just not physically tired. It's also emotionally tired, and it's spiritually draining. So I need you guys to stop and rest. That's basically what Sabbath is. Cease laboring and refill. The question is, do, do you do that? Do I do that? Or do we just kind of try to work, 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 thinking we're getting more done? And if you take a rest, the question is, how do you rest? Do you rest in Christ or do you just go to a golf course hoping that somehow this magical refilling is going to happen to you? But they came back and Jesus says, I want you guys to rest because you've been pouring out. And it says, but many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. So the fact that they're getting into a boat tells you that what? This isn't rocket science. Boats normally, unless you're in a boatyard, they get put into the water. water. Right. And the, the body of water they were on was the Sea of Galilee. Doesn't that sound so big? The Sea of Galilee. There's like seas, there's lakes, and there's ponds. So let me give you an idea how small the Sea of Galilee is. It is 7% uh, the size of Smith Mountain Lake. Basically, if you've ever been bass fishing or brim fishing, and you're in a little pond and you can kind of see across it, right? It's not much bigger than that. That's where they were. And so Jesus uh, and the, the 12, they get in the boat, and they're just going to a desolate place across the water, and the people, they, they liked being healed. They liked all that Jesus was doing. They liked all that the apostles were doing. And so they see them heading out, and they're like, well, we're just going to put on our Nikes, and we're going to run around and meet them. And so they ran ahead, and as soon as Jesus and the 12 get there, the people they're trying to get away from so they can rest, they were there. And, of course, the apostles are like, really? Yo, we're on Sabbath. It's my day off, Okay. And they say, Jesus, just send them away. Send them away. Because you're the one who told us to go to rest anyway. So what does Jesus say? After the, the apostles say, send them away to the surrounding countryside and villages to buy something to eat, um, Jesus answers. He says, well, actually, you guys give them something to eat. Think about it. They're in a desolate place. There's no drive-through. There's no Kroger's. There's no any place to go get something to eat. And so in this desolate place, the apostles are like, well, we don't know what to do. We sure don't have food for them. Why don't they just go on their own and they can feed themselves? And Jesus says, stop, stop, stop. He goes, what do you guys have? And they're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? He's, Jesus said, y'all give them something to eat. And they're like, Jesus, that would take 200 days wages. Now let's do a little math here. Do you have a calculator? Okay, good. You ready to go? Let's see who's quickest. All right, so the apostles said it would take 200 denarii uh, to buy all the bread to feed all the people that were there, 200 denarii. And if you're like me, that's like somebody saying 200,000 lira or Kenya Rwandan francs. You're like, well, I don't know what that means. Go to a foreign country, I just start shoving out money and hope it's right, you know. So basically, what does a laborer make? Like if you work construction, how much would you make per hour, would you guess? In the United States of America or right now? So it varies depending on the state. And I looked at a chart, and it goes from like 
$8 up to about, you know, $18, depending on what state you're in. But, but Virginia was listed at $15.50. $15.50. Okay, so if you're a laborer, you make $15.50 an hour. You multiply by eight-hour workday. What does that come out to, y'all, with the calculators? Are you math brainiacs? $120 a day. Okay, but remember, it wasn't one day's wage. It was 200 days' wages. That's like two-thirds of a year, right, or almost two-thirds. So do 200 times, was it 120, 125? $24,000. So basically what Jesus was asking them to do is basically produce to give them something to eat. And they're saying, like, Jesus, we can't do that. That'd be like trying to find $24,000 in our pocket. We don't, we don't have that. And what's more, if it's not in the text, but even if you had the money, where would they buy the food anyway? But Jesus says, basically, hey, I want you guys to feed them. And he goes, um, he goes what do you have? Show me what you have. And they dig around, dig around. I got some crackers, you know, nabs, whatever. No, what they found is one little boy had what? Five barley loaves and two fish. Five loaves and two fish. When we think of loaves, we think of these lovely French loaves that Barb gets or the big ones at Breadcraft. You think of fish, you think of like a, maybe a big, big fish you catch on a boat. Wrong. They said that the, uh, the little barley loaves, first of all, they're flat. And a small child could eat five, no problem. Basically, they're like over, overgrown crackers is what they look like. And the fish, who knows? I wasn't there, but I'm thinking they're about the size of two or three fingers. And so those two little fish for 5,000 men, and we don't know how many women and children. And so this is disgusting, but I told the first service, and some old ladies in the church were like freaking out. But I want you to get the point. So Jesus has basically said, how much do you have? We have five loaves, two fish. And so how would you divide those little fish up in 5,000 or 6,000 pieces? You know how small that would be? Let me give you an illustration. I don't think you'll forget. You ever dental floss? You ever dental floss? What's the point of dental flossing? I know it's disgusting, but go with me because you're, you're going to get the image. The to get it out of your teeth. Have you ever been doing it? I know y'all don't do this, but if you ever floss in front of a mirror and you floss and something comes flying out, some little piece, that's a goal. I mean, don't judge me. It's the goal of flossing. That little piece that comes out, that would be about double the size, serving size, of what they'd gotten if they'd cut that fish up. So do you see, like, it's humanly impossible. That's what, the, that's what the text is trying to tell us. It's humanly impossible. And yet Jesus said, you guys give them something to eat. So then verse 40, or 39, he says, he, he commanded, Jesus commanded everybody to sit down in groups on the green grass. And they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. Such a strange two verses. Why is he doing this? Well, maybe Jesus knows that he's going to do a miracle and there's going to be so much food and they have to have an orderly way to feed people. And maybe, just maybe, they're, they're whispering something to us about the character of God. God is a God of joy. He's a God of power. He's a God of passion. But he's also a God of order. Have you seen the creation? Have you ever looked through a microscope? Have you looked through a telescope? Have you been up on Bent Mountain and gotten away from the ambient light and looked in the sky? God is a God of order. And so once he has them sit down in the green grass in this groups. It says, he, he took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and he said a blessing. Does that sound like anything you've ever heard of? Old Testament? Passover. How about, how about when Jesus, it says he, let's read this again. He says, 
he took the five loaves, two fish, he looked up to heaven, he said a blessing, and he broke the bread, and he gave it to the disciples. This is, this is pointing to the bread of life himself, who would be broken for them. And he looked up to heaven and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And so that's Eucharistic language. It's Eucharistic language. And, and actually what we're going to do in just a minute, which all we're going to do at your table, is the breaking of the bread. We give thanks. Eucharist. We give thanks. And so the story ends up, it says, uh, after he blessed it, they gave it to the disciples. They set it before the people. And they divided the two fish. It's crazy. Still just two fish. He divided the two fish among all the people, and they all ate and were satisfied. You guys, that is a miracle. That's a miracle. And it says, and those that ate the loaves were 5,000 men. The point of this story is not how great the apostles were. God called them to join him in his ministry. He asked them to do something that was insane. I want you to take two little fish and a piece of bread and feed 5,000 people. That's crazy. But you know what? I think they looked back to the time where they were sent out two by two and they saw God work through them and do things they could not possibly do. And they just obeyed him and they did it. 